let's talk about it. everyone and welcome to another episode of Thick Radio, the gaming podcast where we talk about gaming and everything in its orbit. I'm James. And I'm Tim. Let's get into it. Today we're joined by a special guest. You know them, you love them. It's Aaron. Yay! Hey there. <laughs> Thanks uh, for having me on, guys. Thank you for being available today. How are you? How are you doing? I'm doing great. Just chilling out today, so... Very nice, very nice. So, Aaron, we've brought you on today because you're someone who, you you and I have spoken a little bit about this in the past, um, about some aspects of gaming that are sort of known and talked about to varying (laughs) extents, Um, but you're someone who's relatively passionate about all these different points. So we've brought you here today to speak with us about inflation, bloating, stuffing, and the blueberry kink. Are you ready to get started? Oh, yes. Good, 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 good. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I want to ask you just in your own terms. So we've got the four, bloating, stuffing, inflating, and blueberry. Do you want to give us a quick rundown of what you define each of those to be? Well, a lot of it really has to do with just like, you know, like uh, some of it's realistic when it comes to when it, uh, inflation and things like that but you know they all vary of course you know bloating is kind of a more realistic one I would have to say out of all of them mm-hmm. that one it's like you know trying to get your belly to get as big as possible like depending on what you eat or consumption of like a big one is usually like coke and men- uh, mentos mm-hmm. a lot of guys really love that one and then um, inflation that one kind of can be a bit more fantasy in a lot of ways because a lot of people tend to go a more cartoony route with that but there's also the one where people do like a lot of air inflation when it comes to how big they make their you know belly with like you know having a tube or something you know inflated up sometimes i've seen people do that with like whipped cream things like that but you know that just varies and then blueberry inflation that one's definitely cartoony there's no doubt about that but you know that one sort of falls into the same thing but it's like a transformation is like plays a huge role in that you know it's just like the process of going through it is usually what gets people enticed into that one and what was the last one (laughs) uh stuffing oh that one is a very popular one you know, that one is trying to just gorge as much as you can, you know, get it as tight and smooth and round as possible. And a lot of people just generally, the buffet is always a good one for that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that all seems relatively straightforward. Um, Tim, do you have any other examples or maybe things that you've heard of in the zeitgeist that people might refer to or utilize within those fetish kinks examples? Uh, for the most part, pretty much everything that Aaron had already talked about. Um, when I did this episode on the gaming perspective, uh, the person that I was speaking to, you know, they mentioned the thing about aquarium pumps used to, you know, they would insert it up their rectum and they would use the air to inflate their, you know, their abdomen. Um, <clears throat> blueberry even goes so far as to, like, I have seen, I'm part of a, a Discord group that's focused on blueberry and the amount of, uh, time and effort that some of these guys will devote to it is really astounding like painting themselves blue uh getting inflated just to take one picture some of them uh, have actually bought suits that can be inflated so yeah there's quite a bit that goes into this as far as bloating like i used to do that that was kind of how i started out in this world of fetishism i started out as a bloater because i was 21 and I wasn't quite committed to the idea of gaining weight, but I really liked the way that it looked when I blowed it up. So that's kind of what I did. I used to do it on cam for people like over Yahoo Instant Messenger, for those of you who remember it. And uh, the funny part is, is I did it with water. And that was long before I knew how dangerous it was to drink like two gallons of water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what the they- fact that I survived that is, is quite... Um, 
I was quite lucky. I'd, I'd heard about this. So my, I had an ex-partner who, I, I cannot even remember how he ended up telling me this, but he was like, yeah, this one time I went to hospital because I drank too much water and I was fully like unaware, but he was also a bit of a shit talker. So I was sort of like, yeah, Ben, whatever, like, shut up. <laughs> But then he was like, no, no, no. It's like you can drink too much water and then your cells can start to diffuse and then they have to yeah. pump water out of your body. And I'm like, it's called, right. yeah, it's called, it's called water toxicity. That shit's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and listen, You're basically drowning yourself. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's the first point to really bring up uh, as we discuss some of these uh, elements of kink and fetish. You know, obviously they, some of them involve uh, liquids, fluids, air, different bits and pieces to achieve. Uh, right. And there's an assumption that people will be safe. Um, but, you know, we're, we're going to talk about that. We're going to need to talk about, you know, what are some things we can do to be safe? What are some, you know, suitable materials, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, let's let's bear that in mind. So, but before, before we kind of go that far, I want to ask you, Aaron, what do you think sets a gainer apart in terms of all of these different kinks and fetishes, as opposed to a gainer who maybe doesn't experience the desire for those? Well, I think a lot of it also has to do with like commitment in a lot of ways, you know, like with a gainer, it's just like, you know, they're going to be like that. They're going to be big. And so they're, you know, committing to that where a lot of the inflation and bloating and everything that revolves around that, that's very instantaneous. So like instant gratification kind of deal. So it's like that that in itself is pretty different right there. But, you know, it's a lot of it, a lot of gainers don't even really get into a lot of these kind of fetishes because, you know, to them, it's like, it's, it's bizarre. It's kind of strange. Like, why would you do that? And, you know, for, for, for someone like me, it's like, why not? You know, <laughs> it's just like, it's lack of a better word it's titillating you know (laughs) (laughs) you know we actually had a bit of a conversation about you know words that we that we're kind of drawn to when it comes to expressing our our gaining (laughs) fantasies and desires so titillating is a bit of a word for you oh yeah that definitely can be one but it's just I guess a big one for me because I'm more into like blueberry inflation and things of that nature. So juicy is always a good one for me. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to lie there. But controversial word, moist. I don't know why that word bothers people. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't do anything for me. I think it's just comical, you know? It's just, it's... <laughs> I think of cake, but you, I mean, hey. I guess that's where my mind goes anyway. <laughs> I mean, you know a word I do hate? A word that just conjures up so much like bad stuff is uh, sludge. Ooh. Like, I hate that word. Oh, yeah, any any visceral word like sludge or ooze. Also, Ooh. like ooze, it's not like a it's not a positive word. Like if something's oozing, it's never it's never a good thing. It's never no, a- it's not flattering at all. <laughs> but um I wanna I wanna question because you, you mentioned about there's this sort of cartoonish uh, thing that sort of creates a bit of a giggle. Do you think that for some of these kings, and we're probably more talking the fantasy versions of things like mm. inflation and with blueberry, do you think that there's this appeal to like the sort of tightness, fullness, you know, almost kind of like rubbery, cartoonish? Because like that's where these inspirations come from, is from these cartoon characters that we see right. by. Do you think that? the desire to engage in that fetish is a desire to try and mimic the experience of what those characters are experiencing. Oh, absolutely. I know that's a big part. I mean, even I've, you know, I've talked to people before too, who were into the blueberry and just inflation fetishes in particular. And it just, you know, as much as they would love to have that be reality, you know, it's like the suit definitely helps achieve a lot of that for them and like rolling is a big part of it like people want to be rolled like Violet Beauregard did in Willy Wonka like that's a big thing too it just like or like having them being like you know touched and have hands on them when they're like tight it's like the same sensation like maybe someone would have if they were a bloater yeah. You know, just after finishing, you know, eating their meal and it's just tight, but it feels so nice when someone like is rubbing their belly. Mm. 
you know, it's very much like tied into that. No, I can definitely see that. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, how in the last episode we were talking about obesity in 90s cartoons and like I, I um, mentioned the examples that I can remember very clearly. And yeah, I, I agree that that's, you know, people who are into these little subgroups of the fetish are inspired by those very images that we see when we're kids. And though I didn't necessarily want it done to myself, I certainly would have loved to have seen it done to some of the, you know, guys that I had crushes on in high school. <laughs> so. And I definitely um, sought out a lot of artwork along those lines. Like I've, I've um, garnered quite a collection of like infet or uh, inflation and blueberry <laughs> and um, otherwise belly centric artwork. I completely understand that. <laughs> so it, it really sounds to me like, as you say, there's this element of there is fantasy that overlaps because obviously some of them are realistic, like getting stuffed. That's a real thing. You can achieve that. And the moment you said, oh, it's that reality of being so full and someone just rubs Mm -hmm. your belly when you're that full, I immediately am taken to that place where I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) But obviously there are aspects like blueberry where it's like, that's not physically possible to become an actual blueberry. There's the transformation, uh, temporary aspect of the fetish. What I want to ask, is there sort of like a larger umbrella of transformation fetish that you reckon these elements fall into? And do you reckon there's more elements that we haven't discussed so far that would fall under this larger umbrella? Absolutely. I mean, this can also go into like things like balloon fetishes also kind of have some connection to this as well. I mean, you know, it's that tightness, you know, that feeling and just like buoyancy in a way too. Like that even has some part to play into it. Mm. And, you know, like, like um, you were saying about the 90s cartoons. I mean, like, yeah, a lot of that really does stem from those, you know, wacky instances where they did stuff like that. You know, just like I remember distinctly, you know, watching uh, a lot of those cartoons and being like, oh, this is strange why do i feel like this when i'm you know watching like someone blow up like a balloon you know like this is odd but at the you know when you're a kid you don't really think about that but back to your topic though it's just yeah that's like there's a lot of things that go into that i mean a lot of like i'd have to say there's like a big um group of people like even even in the furry community that are really into that too Mm. You, know, you know they follow under that as well but that's kind of its own little you know subject in itself but yeah I mean there's there's people I've talked to who've talked about like you know maybe transforming into like you know like a big bloated pod or pig or things like that or you mm. know even like turning into a like a balloon humanoid it's it's crazy but it's just it's absolutely fascinating at the same time, but it makes so much sense because of like what we were, you know, fed into as kids, like with the, the content that we watched. No, definitely. That makes a lot of sense to me. I'm definitely aware of people who want some sort of overall transformation um, related to either weight gain or inflation. Like I follow two gainers on Instagram that have a fantasy of being turned into an actual pig. And right. I follow one that does have that, like what Aaron was talking about, the sort of balloon being kind of thing. Um, so yeah, and you know, transformation in itself, like I feel like we could do a whole episode on on what covers that spectrum because that is like it's huge. You know, that's people like people who have seen Pinocchio and now they want to be turned into a donkey. You know, like that's that's <laughs> the kind of thing that can happen in the transformation fetish world. So. I mostly only stuck to the things that were belly centric, but uh, to, to deep dive into transformation fetish, that's a whole can of worms there. (laughs) As we're live here on the podcast episode, everybody bear with me. I'm flicking over to our little page. So we have our running page of, of concepts and things, which once again, as we've always said, we have little chats and what do we discover? more episodes that we need to do (laughs) the the never-ending story that is the gaining community so i'm going to write down here transformation fetish as a whole 
There you go. I was going to add that um, someone else pointed out to me that often with blueberry specifically, there's kind of a brat taming thing that goes on there too, because brat taming is part of the BDSM world. And in their fantasies, they like this idea of the cocky jock who mouths off and who doesn't, who isn't respectful. And then they're, you know, tricked into chewing the blueberry gum. And suddenly they find that their body is swelling, their, their abs are ruined, their muscles are going away. They're, you know, going, oh my God, what's happening to me as they, you know, burst out of their clothes and everything. And the, and the person who's, who's um, facilitating the transformation is like, well, that's what you get, you know, playing very much the, kind of like the Gene Wilder role in Willy Wonka. Like I told you not to, silly boy. And <laughs> it is interesting, even back in the 60s, that you know, you had these things, these elements that just stick around in the zeitgeist. It's it's so fascinating. It's so fascinating. Oh, yeah. Um, Aaron, I want to ask, we touched on this briefly. Um, the aspect that some of these fetishes have elements because they are temporary. Do you think that maybe part of why they're appealing to people is because they are temporary? Yeah, I could see that being a big part into it. I know for me personally, you know, I would, I've always fantasized either becoming the blueberry or having, you know, my partner or such become one as well, but not being permanent. Like, like Tim was saying, you know, it's like there is a lot of that goes into like the whole like dominatrix kind of thing when it comes to like, you know, someone's bratty and they need to learn their lesson. And through learning, you know, inflating up like this is their lesson and it's instantaneous. But and a lot of that, too, that would go into how like they would still have repercussions in some way, like they would be blue forever or something. But you know, back to your point of, you know, the instant gratification, you know, people would only want it for, you know, just a short while, because I don't think most people, if they were able to accomplish it in real life, would be pretty comfortable with that, <laughs> being stuck that way. It'd be rather hard to go to the dentist like that, wouldn't it? be hard to do most things. <laughs> no, well, absolutely. But then that sort of begs the question, you know, every every other fetish kind of is born from generic examples that we can you know think of a couple of different points of origin for you know uh, bloating inflating different things i mean for goodness sake aunt marge in harry potter i can imagine awakening for some people but blueberry is very specific blueberry comes from willy wonka and there's a question in that you know would blueberry as a kink exist without that i don't know i personally think it wouldn't if I was going to be honest, because if Roald Dahl never wrote that book, you know, and had that specific scene in it, maybe someone else would have created it in some form or fashion to some degree, but I really don't think it would be as prominent in any form because that's something that was very much, you know, very specific to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Mm. Well, well, as you say, specific to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, can you think of any other mainstream examples of where blueberry occurs or is it just Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Well, I mean, I've seen it. I know they've done like little segments here and there, like they've done it in that 70s show and they've done it with, you know, with Jackie. Like, she, you know, there's a scene where she does turn into a blueberry in that. Mm-hmm. And then there's also within like the newest Power Rangers. And I think a few other bits and pieces sprinkled in there, but it all comes back to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Mm. And, you know, that really is the origin point right there for that particular fetish as a whole. I mean, Tim, you're, you're a consummate TV consumer. I mean, can you refer back to any, any other examples of where, you know, Blueberry might have come from or maybe any other places where it might have been seen? I think like Aaron was saying, all roads with Blueberry are going to lead back to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory because that was the impetus of it. I mean, it didn't really exist in the consciousness until he wrote the book. And yeah, he, <clears throat> he included a few illustrations, but most 
kids in the 70s, I don't think actually read that book. I think most of them saw the movie. And it was like I was saying in the uh, 90s cartoons episode about how those cartoons are written by fetishists. It's not that I think Roald Dahl was necessarily a fetishist, but I do know that prior to writing children's books, he used to write for naughty magazines. So, you know, there's something, yeah, there's something to be said (laughs) about that. But it was like that film sowed the seeds for an entire, well, just generation upon generation to see it. And that sparked something in them. Even the really crappy Tim Burton remake has done that to some extent. So as far as the other fetishes, like those have been around since time immemorial. I mean, to try to pinpoint exactly when stuffing, bloating or uh, inflating generally got their origin, you could spend forever trying to figure that out. I mean, honey. Oh, yeah. Stuffing probably got its origins like back with bloody Homo erectus, you know, hundreds of years ago. And like, shit, we can overeat for the first time. This is great. Like, right. Probably all started around then. Um, which it, it brings up an interesting point about, oh gosh, I can't remember the character's name. It's like the oldest, it, it's not a sex doll, but it's, um, it's a statue of worship. It's a little hand. Buddha, right? It's not Buddha, but it's a woman. Oh, you mean you're talking about the African woman? It's, oh, yes. And she's just curve and curve and curve. And a lot of people were saying, like, this dates back to pretty much the Ice Age. Yeah, and- like it is wow. the, one of the oldest um, effigies in existence. Of, of humanity, and it's of a fat person. And it sort of begs, you know, like, the oldest thing we can refer back to is obesity and fatness, you know? Why did right. from such an early time? And look, maybe there's something to be said back in the Ice Age. It's because fat people live longer because they're insulated. Like we know this, but also right. maybe there's more to it than that because the I think the carbon dating on it sort of put it somewhere at the end of the Ice Age, at the start of you know the summer. Because we're living in the summer mm. now, where it's not the Ice Age. So I mean, it's all it's interesting, and it makes you think like, how long has all this been a part of? who and what we are as people we may never know right. but if there are I any think... anthropologists out there listening please yeah i was just about to say i'd love to speak to an anthropologist on this about how the cultural significance of being overweight throughout all of history and different parts of the world and i think too a lot of this is also tied into royalty to some degree because i know for royals throughout history it was always you know or just I guess in that kind of demographic, you know, like leaders, if they were fat, that usually means that, you know, they had like wealth of some sort, you know, there was some kind of like association of like, oh, well, they're big because they can get all, you know, this food, food. right. And they have all this wealth. So I know for a long time, that was a big part of, you know, like that kind of society, like that was kind of an in thing to be like chunky and you know part of like some kind of like royal line or you know i believe some kind of ruling role is it called le bleu which is or le bleu which is i think it's a french term i please people listening correct me if i'm wrong but i believe it refers to like in a lot of west african countries where they literally fatten up their children to have them look more prospective as spouses you know which directly refers to how we in Anglo culture have done that with royals and with the wealthy in the past. Obesity is a sign of wealth. It is a sign of having more resources to consume, to overconsume because you have the power. And maybe there is also elements of that. Maybe the desire to quickly transform is the desire to attain power, to attain uh, status. Maybe those are some underlying factors inside of these fetishes. Um, right. But as a as a point, Barry, you know, Tim, you you've mentioned this uh, recently, just in passing. It's interesting that a lot of these fetishes end in some kind of a pop, you know. And that's not to say that's for everyone. I know some people who are vehemently against it, but for some people, the pop is a part of the climax. It is the climax of the fetish. It's like the orgasm, which is, in the more literal terms of things. indicative of death and i'm curious to know even if you're not someone who maybe sponsors those aspects of the fetish for yourself (laughs) what do you think informs someone 
to have that kind of added layer to their sense of fetish? What do you think informs that? Well, I mean, for me personally, I've never been into that aspect, but I think it's just it, like Tim was saying, I think it really has to do with like the buildup, you know, it is the climax. That's what really gets people going with that. Like, you know, the anticipation of it all, mm. you know, like, it's kind of like, how big can we make this person before they actually have to pop? And it's just like, I know back to the whole balloon fetish thing, that's also something that's a part of that too. Like, I know people that who are into that definitely feel the same way, but there's no repercussions in that aspect. Mm. So, but I feel that, you know, it's just wanting to see how far they can take things, you know, that, tie, that like entices them to really, you know, want to go further with that. And, um, you know, just, it's a sudden thing to have happen anyways. You know, and I think that excitement that's behind it kind of is what gets that going too for a lot of people. It's interesting. It's, it sounds akin, uh, and Tim, correct me if I'm wrong here, it sounds akin to edge play, that idea of you can almost feel the end is coming, but you're almost thinking he's at the pulse and then we're going to keep going, keep going, keep going. Oh, you look like, no, 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 we're just going to back way, back way. Okay, okay, we should look at it. You know, and it's that, it's that, uh, negotiation that seems to happen about push it push it push it but don't push it too far and then uh that reward that comes from when you all trip up because you knew that you pushed it as big as you could as most as you could before just ah and release happens exactly i can agree with that yeah i mean tim do any other fetishes come to mind immediately for you where that kind of edging takes forefront in terms of its operation I mean, probably just that. I mean, that was a great example you gave about edge play. I didn't even think about that. Um, I kind of struggle with the uh, the ending where someone is going to explode or pop or something like that because I don't quite get it. You know, I don't quite understand why death is a part of the fantasy. But I mean, that's just something that I you know, I, I still try to figure it out to this day and I don't have an answer for it. I don't begrudge it, but I'm like, it's not really my thing to have them explode. Maybe that's a, maybe that's another episode where we need to focus on, you know, perhaps the concept of gaining to death, which is a big yes. controversial fetish in the community. You know, for that, I think we need to find someone who enjoys similar fetishes and those elements and, just pick their brains about it and ask what is it that informs this because to put it out there to listeners you know if you didn't listen too much to the first episode we made a point of saying we're not here to shame anyone's kinks or desires no matter how extreme uh because we're all here to learn more about each other and to be more open and accepting as a community so none of this is to point the finger and label anyone's having any problems it's none of that but we want to ask the question because I think there is a lot of that misinformation. A lot of people give things the side eye and they go, ooh, that's a bit much for me. That's a bit crazy. And maybe it's not actually that crazy. Maybe there's just a very simple answer that those of us who aren't in the know just haven't come across. So just for everyone listening to, to bear that in mind, both for this episode, future episodes, and anyone you talk to with any kinds of kinks and fetishes, take a second, process, and approach them with humility and humanity you know as we've said many times before don't yuck somebody's yum we need to put that on t-shirt that needs to that i know does for the we podcast. do we need to market that don't yuck um we've kind of touched on this a little bit but you know there are there are accoutrements that can be attached to different fetishes. So obviously with Blueberry, I mean, first of all, the in- <laughs> the introduction of Photoshop, I imagine has made Blueberry much easier for everyone. <laughs> I no longer have to use blue latex body paint. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like there are, there are suits, I believe, of different materials. Um, like you, you had mentioned, Tim, aquarium pumps, you know, for people who want to inflate. So Aaron, can, can you maybe give us a rundown of things that you're aware of, different accoutrement, uh, outfits, costumes, uh, sex toys, anything that really comes to mind that you think could be applicable to any of our four uh, fetish conversation points today? Oh, yes. I mean, 
if when it comes to like costumes and stuff, that can be kind of a niche thing because there are some people out there who are very particular about what they want. Because I know for a lot of like the really nice blueberry suits, they're extremely hard to get. And usually they have to be custom made. Mm. So, because they used to be much more popular, honestly, during the uh, opening of the uh, Tim Burton version of Willy Wonka. Mm. That's kind of what sparked that again for a lot of people and got, lack of a better term, rolling again. But you know, it's just like you know, it's it's tricky for people like that. But I mean, they they're they are out there. There's a couple people I follow who definitely have have had access to this, you know, these suits and things like that to accomplish at least you know that kind of realm of things with the blueberry aspect. But like with you know inflation, like you know, like an air pump. There's a couple methods you can go about that. I've seen people do with like an automated like you know bicycle air pump. But like they made it so it was like a really low pressure, because you have to you have to be careful with that. Because if you're not, it's like yeah, you're looking at a trip to the hospital or well, the other alternative. <laughs> speaking speaking as a nurse, I know that it's not uh, it, it's not very safe to inflate your organs. <laughs> no. <laughs> as, as a question to the pair of you, if you probably have more information, you know what. What do people need to know about in terms of the quality of the air, uh, air pressure? What's what's the bit of advice that inflators uh, need to need to be aware of with this stuff? Well, the biggest advice I can give, and it's always start extremely slow. You know, never go like cold turkey on it. You know, you do not want to, you know, go and rush into this at all because it's like you're talking about like damaging your, in, you know, your innards and your organs. You don't want that. It's like you want to try to like ease yourself into it if you do want to do it. <laughs> you know, and with the water, you know, thing, I don't recommend that because it's like, you know, depending on where the water came from and everything, it's like you're looking at possible infections. Mm. I mean, you, you have to just be patient with yourself if you're going to go that route, because it can be done safely. You just have to make sure that it's a low air pressure and you don't start off with crazy, you know, bloats in that sense. Yeah disinfecting the nozzle i would imagine you know absolutely making sure that i like whatever kind of air pump you use whether it's manual or automatic i would imagine you'd want to leave that running for a good 10 15 minutes just to clear out any dust if it's got a filter Mm -hmm. clean the filter um tim i want to ask in terms of water um saline solution is obviously something that a lot of people talk on in terms of injectables and other kind of bits and pieces saline of course being an infusion of salt water that is purified Mm -hmm. I mean, is that a more appropriate fluid approach if people want to use liquid to bloat? Um, Yes, but here's the caveat to that. I have a lot of um, hangups about infusions like that. Even if you're using uh, normal saline, which is isotonic, your body will absorb it. But so your body operates on a delicate like fluid balance, right? So if you suddenly infuse a liter's worth of fluid into your body, even though it's uh, not directly into an organ or anything, it's within your, it's within a cavity, you know, like that fluid is going to seep past the muscle and membrane barriers into your abdominal cavity. And you could throw yourself into shock, like, because you could go into congestive heart failure, basically, you pumped too much fluid into your body, and now your heart can't compensate. So it's dangerous. It's, it's something that I've seen a lot of people do. I know a few people that have done it and I just always say caution, 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 because it's, you definitely would never want to do anything like that with silicone. That's a whole nother Uh topic that, you know, we could, (laughs) we'll get to that someday, but um, yeah, still be extremely careful because I know you're thinking, Oh, this is normal saline. It's not going to be a problem. You know, if you're not careful, you could really, you know, you could you could end up dying. So just oh caution, caution, caution. I mean, from that perspective, is is there a a guaranteed? Well, I suppose nothing in in life is really a guarantee, is it? But what would you say is is the safest? 
liquid option or is it just safer to go with air? Uh, I don't know if either one is truly safe, to be honest, because again, you're putting something where it shouldn't be. Right. So whether you are using um, something like a shower shot and putting it up your rectum and filling your intestines with water, I mean, you're going to, if you push it too far, you're going to create outpouchings in your colon, which can lead to diverticulitis, which is an extremely painful thing to deal with. You could potentially rupture your colon, which means you're going to go septic within like a couple of minutes. Um, yeah, I don't know if there is really, and I, I've also heard of people using whipped cream up their yeah. rectum, oh, which yeah, is really, know. that one is, uh, that one is the most sketch to me only because I'm thinking sugar, mucous membrane, bad idea. Mm. Right. Like you could create like a really bad infection that way. Because bacteria eats sugar. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So you're looking at like fungal and all sorts. My goodness. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I think the ultimately the takeaway from this is there is a lot of a lot of potential for disaster, especially the more extreme you go and the less precaution you you take. But I think um, while obviously we're not here to say to anyone, you know, it's illegal to do one thing because not the case it's it's just good for everyone to be aware of the cautions. And listen, Tim, you're a healthcare professional. For the people who were listening who weren't aware, now you know Tim is a nurse. Yeah. <laughs> he's, shit. He, he's not talking out of his asshole to say that, you know, certain pressures and air and liquid is is a bad idea. You know, we're, we're speaking from a place of knowledge on that one, or at least. And if you, and if you don't end up, you know, dying, um, you're going to be pretty <laughs> badly injured and you're going to have to go to an emergency room and you're going to have to explain what you were doing to yourself. So do you really want to humiliate yourself that way? So, listen, as Aaron says, I think that's the takeaway. It's slow caution and just being careful if you're if you're going to do what you're going to do. And and ultimately, maybe that's the maybe that's the takeaway. There is no golden rule. It's just be safe, be cautious. I want I want to ask in terms of let's say I'm a, I'm a new blueberry initiate. I've seen Willy Wonka for the first time, and I've gone, oh holy shit. I need a bit more of that blueberry action in my life. <laughs> are there porn forums? Are there porn producers, studios who specialize in bloating, inflating, blueberry? Are there people out there who do this shit professionally? There is one in particular I know of, and they're called like tailor-made videos. Okay. And I don't know if they've really done anything for a while, but they were doing it for like, you know, both male and female, like uh, actors and stuff like that, you know, depending on what people wanted, like they were like doing that for a good while. So they were a big thing. I mean, there's, there's forums everywhere about it. I mean, people like that are pretty, you know, they're kind of secretive in a way, but once they're like in a, you know, a safe community, they're pretty open about it. I feel, but I mean, you can find them on, you know, a lot of gaining websites and things like that too. I mean, they're there, but you just have to know where to look. And there is like porn out there, but a lot of it's going to be like fan-made stuff. There isn't really any official, you know, site for it. Like nothing high quality. People have like thrown studio money at it to try and get something on returns. Oh no, (laughs) there's definitely nothing (laughs) like that. I mean, it's like there are some incredible talented artists out there who have, um, you know, made some pretty amazing pieces of work, you know, like uh, Tim was talking about earlier, like, you know, you, you create a collection of it because it's so obscure to find, especially nowadays. And there's, there's just some incredible people out there who've made some pretty amazing realistic artwork and you got to appreciate it for what it's worth but yeah it's kind of like a diamond in the rough sort of deal you know (laughs) when it comes to that you like the two more professional quote unquote because nothing is like going to be on the level of like major mainstream porn but two of the more professional places like aaron was saying tailor-made clips is one of them uh, because they do male and female they'll do um uh, body inflation they'll do blueberry inflation they'll do mpreg uh they'll do pretty much anything that people request of them and they scout 
for I don't know where they find their talent. I don't know if they just put out a Craigslist ad or what. But they do employ some they do employ a measure of special effects. Like when it's a belly inflation uh, clip, it's they use a belly that looks pretty realistic. I will say they've really upped the quality of the skin tone on that thing. Uh, and then when it's uh, blueberry, you know, all they have to do is put them in the blue suit and just keep inflating them. Uh, I've purchased several videos from them and I can, I can attest to their quality. They're usually pretty good. The other one is film 911. They will do uh, bloating and stuffing videos, but I have an issue with them. They never have, they never have fat actors. They have a ginger. Really? Fat ginger now. I was amazed. I watched the one minute, 15 second, you know, intro clip that they do the sort of highlight reel of the, the episode. And listen, he was cute. He was- <laughs> I emailed them several times and I said, get fat actors. I am tired of seeing a bodybuilder slightly bloated. I don't care. It's not something that I'm here for. Like get a fat actor there. They have to exist. There have to be people willing to do this. Oh my goodness. If we're talking about muscle builders with a little bit of a bloat, one thing I've always had a problem with, especially back during the Tumblr days, was always those blogs, those appreciation blogs, who'd be like, let's look at the beautiful, big, massive guts of a high school jock who's put on like literally two pound and is right. pushing, do you know what they, you know what they like a bump. when they push out them little bellies trying to look big they look like the fucking aliens from men in black you know the ones that drink the coffee oh yeah yeah that's what they fucking look like with them oh my god and listen that is no shit or shade to baby gainers bloaters and anyone else out there who wants to feel their fantasy and look good but when you are a certain type of person who is trying to propose yourself as i am the fattest thing around watch me waddle and you are 102 pounds soaking wet like just putting it out there it's not selling the fantasy it's no not at all many people and a stage presence that's kind of involved with that in a lot of ways you know it's like if you're gonna play the part you really gotta look at yeah <laughs> there's there's truly something and maybe this touches on like transformation and fantasy you know like we were saying in blueberry there's there really is an element of brat training you know if you're going to be the blueberry person it's kind of suggestive that you're going to be this slightly dickish dude bro who's maybe a bit sexist or maybe a bit whatever callous with his treatment of other people and then his comeuppance is going to be being turned into this pathetic humongous blueberry who's looks a little terrified and all he's doing is moaning and squeaking because he's so big and fat that he can't say or do anything <laughs> that's a character narrative you know same thing same thing with most of any other fetishes like in puppy if you put on a pup hood and you're just talking to people like what is that's not selling the pup vibe it's not selling the no. fancy not really engaging in the way because the whole point of the gear is to get you into the headspace is to get you doing the thing well right. i will i will say uh, as a pup like and this is a discussion that does go around the pup community a lot just to throw this in there um but- there's kind of a division between uh puppies that are like that want to get down on the floor and play rambunctiously and and do everything in pup headspace and then there's what we call show puppies <laughs> who just kind of want to like, they'll get into the headspace, but they don't necessarily want to be on all fours. Maybe they have a medical condition with their knees or something, or yeah. like they have gotcha. you know, problems with their wrists or whatever. Cause it's, it's, it's a lot to be down on all fours. So um, they, they tend to be the show puppies who are just kind of, they, they just sort of sit there they look pretty, they get petted, you know, there's still a pup, just not in, just not one that wants to mosh like with all the other puppies. Gotcha. Um, I mean, that makes sense. And I think obviously yeah. when we sort of talk about the critiques of people who fit a certain category or act a certain type of way, we're sort of saying all this with an asterisk at the top of the statement, which yeah. we acknowledge that there are exceptions to everything, yeah. for very genuine, legitimate reasons. Mm-hmm. This is not, again, to critique anyone for any unfair reason, but it addresses the fact that maybe that there's a something in it that needs to be pulled apart. And again, that's for future episodes. So when we get around to pup play, We'll be having that conversation yet again. But um, <clears throat> back on the subject of Blueberry and all these different fetishes, I want to ask you your opinion, Aaron. What do you think the future looks like for these fetishes, especially as body positivity, not necessarily gaining, but gaining to an extent, bear culture, plus size culture, moves more into the mainstream? 
What do you think is the future of these kinks and fetishes? I think there's going to be a lot more openness about it. I mean, I really see that in a lot of like these environments, you know, in the gay community and things like that. Like people are learning that it is okay to talk about these things and you don't need to feel like it's completely taboo. So I really see a lot. We're probably going to see more of it in some form or fashion. I mean, I've seen things where it's like, you know, people are now doing like transformations, like into like stuffed animals and stuff now, which I'm like, Oh, I didn't really really even know that was a thing. And, you know, even like different types of like fruit uh, transformations and stuff like that is also becoming more like a popular thing now. So just, it's interesting to see kind of like this evolutionary like train, I guess, with how things are, you know, coming along and how people are just becoming more okay with it and discussions are going and like, there's more creative ideas going into it. I think it's becoming like much more acceptable with a lot of people. And, you know, like this whole podcast, it's like, you know, it's understanding it better and, you know, getting more people into it. You know, it's just, it's such a unique thing to be into, you know, for most of my life. It's just, I didn't think there were other people like me. I thought I was alone. Mm. in that sense that's a very common feeling for for a lot of us when we discover that we're into something we're like god am i the only one that thinks this is hot right just like what's wrong with me i don't understand what's going on it's just like am i really that weird like is this even okay but then you find out it, it kind of is there's so many people out there who feel the same way is I do about like, you know, inflation and things of that nature. And it just, it's becoming more and more acceptable, which is pretty cool. I like that, where the that direction is heading. Awesome. And you make a lot of cool friends, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> when you talk about it, you never know. <laughs> people, people who you connect with. Tim, what about you? I'd love to see more visibility for all of these fetishes. I don't know what form it's going to take. And mm-hmm. I don't know how long it'll take. I mean, the dream is we would live in a world where people are allowed to be who they are without any judgment, without any uh, side eye. Um, I don't know when that's going to happen, but I'd love to see this stuff break more into the mainstream in any regard. Because I, personally, I don't, I don't want it to be everyone's dirty little secret until the day they die. You know, right? But. Realistically, I don't know how fast society is going to progress, especially in a place like the United States, because we see society take a big leap forward and then a giant leap backwards. So I don't know when it's going to happen. But like, yeah, I want to see it uh, pushed into the mainstream. People feel comfortable. People feel accepted. So I'm just playing the waiting game. The thing right. the situation really isn't it it's we don't know how or when but we we hope for when it's the most appropriate you know um we did have a listener question which was are things like bloating and inflating a sort of surrogate or proxy for actual weight gain uh but i feel like we've kind of answered that you know like yeah. obviously there's a temporary right. things uh and there's another follow-up of is blueberry ever satisfied and again i think we've kind of covered that with the idea of juicing as a come down and popping as a finale for some, which obviously everyone's different and it processes accordingly. But that's about it in terms of our episode today. So listen, before we wrap up, does anyone have any closing remarks? I want to say it just like, if you are into something like that, you know, if you are into inflation and, you know, things of that nature, just like there are people out there who are definitely going to be understanding and, you know, the community is growing, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, one way or another. And, you know, there's now since like the Internet has become such a like a big part of our lives, it's, it's becoming a lot easier for people to express that interest now. Yeah. And so don't ever be afraid. You know, it's like if you're on like one of these, you know, forums or, you know, look, look them out and, you know, find some people who have common interest in it. it it's it really does the soul a lot of good to, you know, know there's other people like that out there who really understand it. 
I was pretty much going to say what Aaron said. Um, I was going to mention, like, say if you're curious about stuffing, inflation, bloating, blueberry, but you haven't really done any research on it, look up, an, you know, look up uh, some of it on DeviantArt or maybe look up on Clips for Sale or on Pornhub or wherever you can go to find videos now. See what's out there. See if you're into it because you just might not have had any exposure to it yet. You may open up a whole Pandora's box of new fetishes to uh, play with. So, you know, I, I always say explore. And I think, um, you know, Aaron, we might talk after this if you've got any particular links to open groups, forums on different platforms that are welcome to host new individuals. Maybe we'll have a chat about maybe sharing some of those names if people are comfortable uh, that, you know, curious minds can talk to and maybe get to know because. I think this is all a part of it. It's humanizing people and understanding that, you know, to have a kink or a fetish um, is not weird at all. And I mean, for goodness sake, we're talking about ourselves within our own gaining community, but we do the exact same thing that everyone else does, don't we? Right. We have assumptions and fears of things we don't know, and then we project and it's not good. And again, that's the goal to overcome. But that's about it, I think, in times of our episode today. So before we go, Aaron, where can people find you? I'm on Grommer. If any of you are on there, my name is Fatinetta. And you can chat me up there if you ever have any questions about anything like that. I got a few of my blueberry pictures up there, there too. So you'll you'll know you'll notice right away. So you'll know when you see it, you know exactly which Fatinetta mm-hmm. you're looking for. Uh, and do you have anything you want to promote? Not that I can really think of other than just if you are curious, just don't be afraid about it. You know, like go out and seek find like-minded people to see like what they think in that sense and you know go from there you know see how things are for you you know take a step and see what happens exactly but that's a wrap for us here now on thick radio as always you can find me on grommer and instagram at stanham and twitter and youtube at stanham g and you can find me on grommer as orpheus you can find me on instagram and twitter as thicky mouse and of course, you can find more of what we've talked about today on Instagram at Thick Radio and on Patreon at Thick Radio. But that's all the time we have for today. So until next time, bye fats. Bye fats. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Radio is a Patreon and Anchor app podcast produced by Stan and Dickie Mouse. Next and Master by Stan. Our artwork is provided by Lokitu. Our theme song is provided by Spotify Training.